We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Tomorrow is Mother's Day, so... This is an urgent reminder to males who have 18 hours and counting. Get over to Starter Heyman at South Point Mall. Get this done. Diamond necklaces start at $299 and go to $2,999, which is about half of what it normally is. If you are an existing customer of Starter Heyman, they will reserve for pickup through the rest of the day on Saturday. And this segment today is possible because of... Lincoln Electric System, Sarter Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up in the show, Nikki Beamer is a residential real estate agent who was just elected to the airport authority. How do you get from selling houses to running an airport? I'm going to ask her this. And Zach, the field operations supervisor at John Henry's Plumbing, is going to talk to us about commercial membership services and that's uh, really good if you own your own commercial yeah. building um did you know you can sell your solar power we will talk about solar panels for your commercial building or house and how you can make money well robin let's talk to our guest nikki beamer nikki is a residential realtor with our sponsor remax and she recently won an elected seat to the airport authority which is also our sponsor nikki how perfect is that? <laughs> it's perfect, but there's also a lot to talk about with both because there's a lot going on in both the real estate market and at the airport. So we've got a lot to cover. A lot going on. Well, okay, first of all, I have to ask you about running a campaign for something like Airport Authority. Now, did you have opponents? Did you have to go to door to door? Did you have to have debates and speeches and things like that? Well, let me say, first of all, I just wanted to be on the board um, running was something that you had to do to get elected. We're, that was our, not your it was <laughs> not, first choice. That was not my first choice. Um, we're actually, our airport's pretty unique in um, that we have elected board members and not appointed. Oh, so, okay. Um, Lincoln is different. It kind of comes with the territory. And part of that is just because we are a taxing entity. So how did you, to... how did you go from the houses to being interested in an airport? So I'm still, still in residential real estate so there's that i don't actually have to manage the airport you Luckily, do both <laughs> there's people that yeah. are more qualified than me to run it right. um but i do get to give my give my input and and help try to grow it um my background is actually i was in the legislature for over a decade and i was really into public policy and um that's what i felt like this role was here on the board uh, i think that we've got a great city. My, you know, my role is to try to promote Lincoln and grow Lincoln. And I want to see um, businesses come here. But to do all of that, we need a thriving airport. And part of that is community buy-in. We've got to have community buy-in to have a thriving airport. And, and to get the community buy-in, we need more community engagement. So I felt like that would be a good role for me. Um, with the, with the current board, I think that that was an area where they could just develop a little bit and be more involved with the community. And I felt like that was a good role for me to take my background in public policy and yeah. be able to yeah. navigate um, some of the nuances 
to try to help grow air service and expand the airport here in Lincoln. Bringing up uh, your background, uh, what legislative initiatives have you been working on for the airport authority? So actually that is very timely. We are currently um, working on a ballot initiative, which actually just passed the legislature. So it's sort of a two-part hurdle that we had um, to overcome. And that was that was on my list when I was running. I met with um, a fellow board member, Nick Kusick, and told him I was running. And we were chatting about some of the struggles that the airport faced to try to get commercial air service here. And one of the things he mentioned was that we are prohibited by our state constitution um, from using certain revenues for minimum revenue guarantees that we utilize. It's one of the tools we utilize to get... To attract them right. to come here. Yes. And you, you have pots of money, but you're told you cannot use this particular pot of money. Yes. And that's what you want to change. Yes. Right. And so when he said um, we're prohibited by the Const- state constitution, my ears perked up a little bit because that's... That's Your background. my background. And right. I said, well, let's change the Constitution. And so um, I knew going into it that that was going to be one of my priorities. And um, Nick Kusick also is a very passionate person. So when you get us together, sometimes we can maybe be a little bit too passionate and too motivated. But um, that was one of the first things we talked about was how, how do we go about changing the the uh, state constitution. So we had a really good coalition of folks. Um, Senator Bostar introduced the bill. And and if you don't understand how that works, or for those who aren't super familiar, you have to pass a constitutional amendment through the legislature to change the constitution, and then it actually goes to a ballot initiative. So that'll right. come next. So that's, the, right. that's part two. So Senator Bostar was critical in um, carrying the water for, and this isn't just a Lincoln Airport bill. Um, this will actually affect, have an impact positively the on state. the other, is it on like the whole seven, state. Is it like seven airports, if I remember correctly? Yeah, yep, that is yeah. correct. So um, there were a lot of Lincoln senators who actually co-signed the bill. Uh, Senator Panzing Brooks, um, Senator Hansen. Pilgers, Geist. So I, bipartisan. It was very bipartisan, and anybody following the legislature this year knows um, that was a that was a tough year for folks. So the fact that we had this one uh, constitutional amendment that was bipartisan had the support of LIBA, has the support of the chamber, yeah. the airport authority, all the county Everybody. commissioners, all the city council, um, the mayor. That tells you how when all of those groups are on the same page. I think that tells you how much this is needed. And there's some pandemic funds, too, that the county and the Correct. city are giving you to help that even more. Yep. So, right. so the ARPA yeah. funds, um, uh, and again, we had strong support there for the count, from the county and from the city to help the airport use those same funds for expanding air service. Um, it's been a good year. You've had some, some sympathy and some help. A with, lot. Yeah. A lot. And I yeah. think that that shows how um, crucial that, the airport is to our community. Well, let's switch hats really quick and talk okay. about residential real, sure. t- real estate because you do that during the day. Yeah, you work that's for my day Remax. job. Um, is- and my night job too. That's- <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> my true. Weekend job. <laughs> if you're if you are residential, is the market cooling with the interest w- interest rate hikes, or is there still strong demand? I, I would say cooling is cooling is even a strong word. Um, I would say the rates are 
they're definitely going to play a role. Um, you're going to have people who probably might not be in the market where they would have been when interest rates were so low. But I will say that when you get the right property on the market, you're still seeing offers. Multiple. For multiple offers, 20 offers. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. and, and, but that's not to deter buyers either. Uh, I think it's a great seller's market. It's a complex buyer's market. But, right. but there are strategies that can be utilized in, in patience and emotional guidance is probably needed to there. No kidding. Um, but we do have, we're up to uh, 220 homes on the market as of today. And so when you look at pre-owned, I'm double checking here, I think we have pre-owned at 106. That's not many. That's not many, but that oh. is up from, we were hovering around 40 to 50 at oh. the beginning of the year. So Interesting. So that is good news for buyers. That shows that we have more homes slowly We've but surely coming on the, the market. Amount. <laughs> we have yeah. doubled the amount. So yeah. that's a good thing for buyers. Okay. Well, we are Thank out of you. time, but this is so interesting. We are so glad that you came to the station today. And um, those of you listening, what's a good way to get a hold of you about either the airport authority or real estate? I can tell you my cell phone number is plastered online because I'm a realtor. Just Google Nikki Beamer. And text. B-E-H-M-E-R. I'm a texter. You're more likely to reach me that way. Um, and happy to hear from people. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, coming up, commercial memberships with John Henry's Plumbing. In case you own a commercial real estate building for your business, we'll be right back. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Our big announcement this past week on the Thursday Jack and Friends show, Dave Albers of Albers Company and my company, Ashleman Commercial Real Estate, have Broadcast House listed for sale here at 43rd and O. Broadcast House is looking for a larger location where they can grow, and we want to sell this building, so contact us on Facebook or Twitter for details. And this segment is possible today because of the Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. In the studio with us today, Zach Kari from John Henry's Plumbing is in with us to talk about commercial memberships with their company. If you own your commercial building or if you rent one and you are responsible for heating and plumbing, you might want to pay extra attention to this. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. You know, it is kind of easy, I think, mentally to think when it's a house, right. but when it is commercial and when you know it is a little different, tell us what services you guys have to offer. Yeah, so we provide anything from maintenance to replacement to repairs. So, you know, if you're having cooling issues or heating issues, uh, we can take care of those diagnosing. Uh, we have guys that can do that stuff. We also provide replacement options. Um, we're a Linux and train dealer, so two of the, the biggest names in the HVAC industry um, we offer as far as rooftop replacements, uh, split systems, stuff like that. We do offer the memberships, kind of what we're talking about today. So that's going to be a service-based maintenance type thing. Um, we do a biannual service, a monthly service, and a quarterly service. So you have a few options there. Um, the biannual service is going to be a spring and a fall service. Um, the fall service, we check everything on the heating side. Um, check all the components, make sure everything's safe for everyone. Um, in the spring, we check everything on the cooling side, wash out condensers, change air filters on both of those services. The monthly services are going to be more of an air filter type deal. Um, if you're in a 
a dusty environment, um, something where you have a lot of particulates in the air, um, we recommend a monthly filter change. So we do offer that as well. Um, the quarterly one, that usually consists of the biannual service, the spring and fall service, um, and then you get a filter change once in between each of those services. And I want to say that, that if you have something like that, it may come in useful demonstrating to a landlord that you have taken care of his air yeah, conditioner. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we have several leases that require that the tenants uh, take care of the HVAC systems and or that the landlord is taking care of them and and somehow it's put together in the operating expenses of the building. So all, all, all good information there. Hey, my question, though, is how many staff members do you have working commercial accounts for you guys? So in the commercial HVAC um, division of our company, we have four guys running calls. Um, so those guys are, are primarily doing re the replacements and the maintenances. Um, I do a lot of the service work, so if you're having issues, um, we can take care of that as well. So the good thing about the memberships is summertime, you always know when you call the, the HVAC guys, you never know if they're going to get to you right away. That's a perk with our memberships is we do guarantee service within priority. 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's not really that worry. Um, it's kind of a peace of mind thing, um, knowing that your air conditioner has been checked and... Uh, knowing that we can get out there right away if you do have issues. Describe the labor market for getting staff right now. Yeah, so I think it's kind of across the board in all trades um, as well as HVAC. You know, if you look up the average age of an HVAC technician in Nebraska, I think it's about 55 years old. So, really? Yeah, we're... <laughs> I'm, uh, not, I'm not real surprised. Right, yeah, we're... A lot of guys are getting ready to retire, and it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people are going into the trade. So, really? yeah, it, it can be a little um, tough to find help, but we're pretty fortunate at John Henry's to have the staff that we do. Um, not really looking for a lot of help. I mean, a lot of guys want to work for John Henry's. So that is good perfect. for you. That's a real good thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. A good, good reputation. Hey, talk about work. What's the difference between your apprenticeships or whatever term you guys use. Your training. Yeah, you're basically your training for commercial versus residential. Or the education or certification. Yeah, that's yeah. what's great about John Henry's too is the continuing ed that they offer for our technicians. You know, even if you're a journeyman or a master's, there's still a lot of learning available out there. Uh, we send a lot of our guys out of state for trainings, even us journeymen or master's. Uh, I just got back from Louisville, Kentucky, from a boiler training down there. Um, I, I was going to gonna ask if you do the boilers. Yeah, we yeah. do do boilers as well. So if you have a boiler that needs taken care of, we can for sure do that as well. So, yeah, we have guys that go to Dallas, Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. Louisville, um, Chicago. So we offer trainings kind of throughout the states for our technicians and when the apprentices come on board, we usually do an onboard training so they can ride with a technician. Even if he's had past experience, every company's process is a little bit different. Sure. So we like our technicians to know how our service calls are in and how the customer is going to expect that technician to be. I'll, I'll tell you, if, um, the, if, if these experts are aging out, there's going to be some real employment opportunity here in the yeah, future years. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and these are good-paying jobs, yeah. too. Well, and that's kind of what's making it better paying these days is 
is just the demand for technicians. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Zach Kari from John Henry's Plumbing. You can reach out to Zach on the website with uh, questions about your commercial building. We appreciate having you come into the studio. Zach. Yeah, absolutely. If if anyone's needing an estimate, we provide free estimates on all our memberships or replacements. So excellent. feel free to reach out and we'll get you taken care of. Membership's a good idea. You get priority. Coming up next, will the interest on your savings account go up since interest rates are going up? We're going to ask Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. Everyone is excited about new business and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Lincoln weather this upcoming week. We're entering into the only three weeks in spring with perfect weather. Well, close to perfect. 60s to 80s, except for a strange little 90 degree thing that will happen on Wednesday. And this segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. Will interest on savings accounts go up? We are thinking that they probably ought to if you have a CD in the bank. It, it should go up with the high interest rates, so we want to double-check on this. with. We get, Ro- to, we get to talk to Roger Frank. Roger Frank from uh, Frank Financial how Concepts. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to us about the interest rates. Yeah, you know, Federal Reserve was in the news today, and, and most people have probably heard by now that they raised rates by half a percent. You know, that's pretty significant because that's the largest increase in over two decades. Uh, as we discussed on the show before, you know, those rising interest rates are certainly going to affect those home mortgages, home equity loans, car loans, and credit cards as an example. And Robin, you had mentioned uh, CD rates. So, you know, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's very valid. Uh, I was actually reading an article this week on that very t- uh, topic. And that article was basically saying that they don't feel that the savers will reap any benefits anytime soon. And, and their basis was that they were saying that banks in general have quite a bit of deposits on hand, and there really isn't any incentive for them to bring up more interest rate higher in order to get more deposits. On the other hand, as I just mentioned, they will charge more for loans, though. <laughs> No, uh, so we're neither getting Lord. an increase on our CD and we're getting an increase on our loan costs. Loan costs are going up because of that. Absolutely, Robin. Uh, but, you know, if you are a saver, uh, one thing that I've found with some of my clients is is you might find better interest with smaller banks, smaller local banks, uh, maybe outside of the Lincoln area. Hmm. In fact, I've had clients through the years that said that they've gone to those smaller banks outside of Lincoln and asked them for better rates. And in some cases, those smaller banks did give them a better rate uh, on some of their savers. So I would encourage people to look around. Good idea. Well, what are you thinking and, uh, will all happen with the Federal Reserve for the rest of, uh, well, yeah. You know, that's, that's a really week. good question, too. Um, gosh, it's been all over the board this year. But if you go back to the end of uh, 2021, most people were thinking maybe two or three rate increases. Uh, I think most people today are thinking that there could be a rate increase just about every meeting between now and the end of the year. Uh, the Fed chairman did indicate this week that they are not looking at anything larger than a half a percent rate increase, so that's good news. However, it is probably looking at maybe the next one or two meetings, maybe even a half a percent, uh, so that's going to increase the interest rates by quite a bit fairly quickly. So 
my suggestion is if you are looking for a larger ticket item, a new car, new house, whatnot, uh, make sure that you go and do that sooner rather than later uh, so you can capture the lower interest rate. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about the housing market yeah. in the segment before. Um, how do the markets look after all of this this past week? I mean, it was yeah. very another up and down, crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, another crazy week in the markets. Uh Monday and Tuesday was was pretty decent, you know, nothing too out in the ordinary. But uh, when that news came out on higher interest rates on Wednesday, the market yeah. uh, had a good relief rally Ooh. and went straight up. That mm-hmm. was up over 900 points. Nasdaq was over four, up over 400 points on Wednesday, and then Thursday, then Thursday. came around, Woo. and we lost it all. Uh, the Dow was down uh, at one point uh, on Thursday. The Dow was down about 1,300 points, mm-hmm. but I think it settled down around 1,100 1,100 points down. You know, those are very two different volatile days yeah. uh, in the market, but uh, this week has just been another crazy week. Yeah, yeah. That and is- then, you know, one thing I'll just go ahead and add on to, you know, through the year, um, at least this is as of May 5th, the Dow Jones is down a little over 9% for the year. The NASDAQ composite is down a little over 21%, and then the Standard Poor's 500 is down just under 13% for the year. So we've got some room to make up uh, with the current losses. Well, and there's a lot of cash out there. Now might be the time to... Pick up something. Pick up something. Get a get a deal on it. Yeah, there's opportunities out there, uh, depending on what the the individual's looking for. Yeah, and your time horizons. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, thanks a lot for coming in, Roger. You're welcome. And I hope you have a happy Mother's Day weekend. And you your, as well, Robin. Family. Yeah. yeah. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities effort through Berthel Fisher and Company Financial Services Inc. BFCFS member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning Inc. are independent entities. In our drinking through the pandemic news, haven't had a lot of no, not drinking a lot, going Robin. on lately. But we've had a lot of drinking, but not for us. Not not new restaurants. Um, however, there was one that showed up in the liquor applications. Pita and Non. They are about to move into fourteen thirty-four O Street into the former Rutabaga's vegan Space. restaurant. Um, they're having supply chain issues trying to get their equipment. Surprise there. Surprise, surprise. Yep. Coming up next, selling your solar to Lincoln Electric System. Did you know they will actually pay you for some of the power? We'll be right back. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Are you experiencing a labor shortage? Check out the possibility of being a sponsor on Grow Lincoln. We will run ads for the positions you have open and interview you on air about your growing company and why your organization is a great place to work. And this segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. Selling your solar, you can do that. If if getting solar panels is something you have thought about, but you don't know a whole lot about it, uh, we've got the perfect guest for you here. The on, perfect guest. <laughs> Mark Skolnick from Lincoln Electric System is with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. How many households and commercial businesses in Lincoln have solar panels, Mark? We have about 290 solar systems in town. Most of those are residential. 260 of them are residential, and the rest are businesses that have solar. How common is that compared to the rest of Nebraska or other cities around us? I would say that it's likely per capita. 
that the city of Lincoln has more rooftop solar systems than any other place throughout the state. And uh, LES was actually the first utility in Nebraska to offer net metering, which is the financial and, and connection guidelines that allow solar to be connected to the grid. We offered those starting back in 2006 before state law required it just a year or two later. And we're also the only utility in Nebraska to offer a one-time incentive when a customer puts solar on the roof. So LES has been kind of at the, at the leading edge, a pioneer yeah. in that, and, and enabling customers who want to put solar on the roof to do that. Well, you know, we, we hear about the possibility of selling your solar energy to LES and, and you know, get some money for it and uh, explain that whole yeah, process. Yeah, explain what, and, what and, is meant by that. Correct. Because that, that is somewhat confusing or a little complex. But under the state's net metering law, electric utilities are required to credit customers for the energy their solar systems generate at a full retail energy rate. For residential LES customers, that would be about $0.06 cents a kilowatt hour. And for small businesses, it would be just about $0.07 cents a kilowatt hour. So the generation coming from that customer's solar, the utility credits that each month at that rate. And if the uh, system were to produce more than they consumed, then the utility would credit that at half the retail rate. So essentially, the customer is offsetting the energy that they need to purchase from LES uh, when, when they do this. Now, can a customer get get it for free? Or, or, or They or, could reduce their energy component down to zero um, if they produced as much or more a, a than they bunch. consumed. However, <laughs> yeah. this is this is really important. No matter how much a generator produces, no matter how much a solar uh, system produces in a, in a period, a customer will still get a bill from LES. Yeah, that was what I was going to bring You're up. You're still going to get an electric bill. And, and people like... say, well, why would you get an LES bill? Okay, people forget, and it's none, not of their own doing, that LES provides the infrastructure and the capacity and the generation to, to provide energy to the home 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Okay, we have to be there when the sun you isn't shining. Need when the infrastructure. at night we still need the infrastructure, and that is where most of our cost is in the infrastructure. It's building and maintaining reliable infrastructure mm -hmm. to provide energy to customers, no matter if they have solar or not. So a customer who has solar will reduce the energy component of their bill, certainly, but they will still have. We still have to collect cost to pay for the infrastructure to serve that customer's facility. Their right. house or their building. Correct. Yeah. Now, if you don't have it yet, but it sounds kind of interesting, what conditions at your house or business mm -hmm. are ideal for maximizing production? Or at what point do you give up and say, it's just not going to work, there's too many trees? Or Can you explain that? Absolutely. You know, ideally you want a roof that's in good physical condition that can support that solar system. So it's got to be of a certain a right. structure that can handle the weight of it. Correct. Um, you know, if I had an older home, I'd certainly get a little bit of a, an inspection to make sure that it's going to support. I don't believe these systems are very heavy. However, you still want to make sure that everything's structurally sound to support the solar system. And uh, you alluded to it. It's very important to understand is you want unshaded unshaded because mm -hmm. that will greatly reduce the amount of generation that can happen if you have shaded solar and you want to have it facing south 
because the sun shines in the south. And so um, we do see some systems on the east or west. That reduces production by about 20 to 25 percent. Southerly facing, unshaded, tilt of about 20 to 40 degrees at this latitude. Uh, is ideal. You don't want anything on the north. There is no reason that solar just, should be installed in the up. north. Yeah. yeah. Correct. <laughs> if that's um, your only option, you probably and, and probably not. There are good. a lot of homes that that simply cannot meet those criteria and so they're not really good candidates for solar. So not every home is is situated for solar. Um, if you only have primarily northerly facing with a little easterly and, and westerly, that may not be as economic to you as having much more southerly facing. You have had some experience with solar panel contractors in Lincoln that did not end well. Yes, absolutely. Yes, particularly in the last year and a half. I will. I want to want to before I, I, I talk a little bit about this. I want to really emphasize that we have some really good solar uh, companies in town and in the area. And they've been around. That have been around for, for for quite a long time, and we have not had customers reaching out to us with concerns about their work. And However, you've got, and you've got a list of them, and that's yes. that's what I, I really want to emphasize I, to our listeners. Thank you, and and we're gonna I want to mention that. Uh, what we, so what we have noticed though, and what we have gotten calls for is there's been a firm or two in town that have been going door to door, and they have been pressuring customers into signing stuff they really don't understand what they're signing. Um, company has been misrepresenting our electric rates, trying to make the math look a lot better than it actually is by inflating our energy rate, by talking about increases of LES rates that are far beyond reasonable going into the future. So creating assumptions that are exaggerated. Absolutely. And it makes the math look a lot better. Right. Um, But in reality, uh, it's deception. And that's why on January 1st, we launched the Solar Trade Ally Network, is what you were alluding to, Dave, Right, is a list of firms that went through an orientation with us late last year about our rates, about our incentives, about our connection requirements, even had the city there to talk about codes. And not only did they go through that, but they also signed an acknowledgement saying that they would accurately represent our rates, our incentives, and all utility-related information that's the pledge they made. Those firms are on our Solar Trade Ally Network list, which is located at les.com solar, along with some other resources. The firms that I talked about, the one or two firms that I talked about that are doing deceptive practices, they're not on their there. Their name is not, not on they're that not on list. They would, they would not make that pledge. And based on their, best, best, excuse me, based on their past practices, they do not belong on that list. Right. Well, I would encourage if if there's been a customer that has been taken advantage of, I would say contact the attorney general's office. I would say that that definitely would be worth their while. Right. Um, anybody who may have had business with with uh, one or both of these firms should be seeking uh, that type of assistance. I mean, I also say if you go to les.com slash solar, you're going to find a document called a solar buyer's checklist, okay, and it's best practices when looking at buying solar and it includes getting multiple bids it includes yeah, the that would um, help right you want to get multiple bids you want to ensure you understand how much energy your solar system's probably going to produce so you have an idea of how much money you can save right very good very good step 1 contact les start L- with les is what i would suggest yeah. anytime start with les les.com thanks a lot mark for supporting our show and coming on this is 
something very good, something to watch out for. And I don't know where else you can go to get some of the information that you presented to us today. This was good. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, moving around, restaurants, questions from fans. We'll be right back. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made And if I have my way, I'm going to stay. Ever it's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Robin Eshelman, Eshelman Commercial Real Estate, with you in the studio today. And Dave Albers from the Albers Company. And Hi. This segment, I got to catch, I got to make sure we tell about our sponsors here. Uh, is available, is possible today because of University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Business, Frank Financial Concepts, and Realtors Association of Lincoln. Connie Henninger reached out to us and asked, I'm looking for Unipub School Supplies and Furniture at 1700 Westow in Lincoln. Is it still open? Um, we sent out a scout to look and couldn't find a sign or evidence that it is. So they must have closed. The building appeared to be fully occupied. That That's the building where the lottery and the charitable gaming departments are located. Yeah. Well, Robin, let's let's uh, head to about 56th and Highway 2. Uh, Habitat for Humanity Restore it has moved there from North 48th and Vine Street. Uh, they're in the space uh, that was formerly occupied by Seven Day Furniture. Grand opening today. Yeah, uh, grand opening in Edgewood today, Saturday. Um, so you can run out there and take a look. I hear it's a much bigger store than, well, the, than yeah. the one that they used to have up on North 48th. And in case you're not familiar with that concept, that is a place where you can donate your home things that, you know, if you're remodeling your home and you've got doorknobs or, you know. Or sinks or faucets or. Yeah, plumbing. Yeah, any sort of construction supply. And they will repurpose it for you. Yeah. Um, big projects Boy, this a... week in East Lincoln. My gosh. Yeah. Out at Southeast Some Community money. College. Yeah. They are constructing a new 74-room, 246-bed residence hall. It's going to be a good-sized structure, three-story wood structure with a bunch of structural steel. Building permit, 25 million dollars robin and then emeritus at 58th and o street i can this that's maybe central but you could yeah. call that east lincoln um emeritus is doing an interior remodel seven million dollars seven mil that's pretty substantial i yes i i'm also glad to see a corporate in lincoln investing in their brick and mortar given what is going on with covid no i agree i'm yeah. glad to see him doing yeah. that yeah uh, hey, let's let's go back south here. This is by Southwest High School. The address is 1245 Libra. Uh, a lot of people would know it as the Red Fox or the Fox. And years ago, it was called Slap Shots. <laughs> do you remember that? I, I do remember that. Uh, they have uh, changed their name to Juicy Lou's Burgeria Sports Bar. <laughs> and uh, the menu's... Have, isn't significantly different, but uh, they've got a new sign up there. 
Yeah. They had some new ownership uh, recently. New look, new Facebook page. Yeah. So I guess we'll check it out and see if the food is different or not. Um, And then very close to that at 14th and Pine Lake Road. So this would be across the street to the south from Costco. Yep. A whole lot of things going on, and we heard about this from our friend and developer, Zach, (laughs) who uh, put a whole bunch of tenants in kind of all at once. Salon Centric is coming to that strip center. Hoya Food Truck, which has been very popular. Um, They also have, I saw a Hoya in a gas station up on Superior. They've got like an in-store presence at a used shop up there they're opening a south location here across the street from shopco so that is under construction um curry express which changed its name subsequently to mug hills is changing again um to taj ali which will be a mediterranean food concept so we're kind of going from indian to mediterranean right we'll switch a food with that and then <laughs> the big coup whoa valentino's valentino's moved in across from right. costco they were at 27th and pine lake and had the moving trucks out there one day and moved about a mile down the road bingo well talk about uh, the 27th and pine lake area uh domino's pizza robin well domino's didn't miss a beat nope. they came they didn't lease the same space no. that valentino's was in they are across, across the, the street. street in the strip mall south of of um, South Point Mall, which I refer to as the South Point Food Court <laughs> because there's so many restaurants in there. You know, there's a Red Robin and a Starbucks and a whole bunch of others. So Domino's is moving into the former You Break It, I Fix iPhone repair store. <laughs> in the So this would be... Kind of closer to the Starbucks end, yeah, is where the you break it, I fix iPhone store was. Okay, uh, Robin, I was going to bring up uh, another church, and we've had some fairly significant building permits with churches. This is the uh, Messiah Evangelical Lutheran Congregation at eighteen hundred South Forty Eighth. They're doing a renovation. Um, that would be 84th Street. Did, I said 48th. Excuse me. Yeah. I misspoke. And it's 84th. roughly yes. speaking close to where South Street is, 84th yeah. and South Street, kind of, sort In of. In that general area, yes. Pioneers. Yeah. Yeah. $1,170,000 building permit. So right. Fairly significant. Right. Um, oh, we forgot another one that. Well, this we got, was a we got out of order here. Um, Pine, but let's go back to South Point Mall because we forgot to tell them about Ollie and Hobbs. Yeah, we did. We, I, I saw another building permit for Ollie and Hobbs. It looks like it's a kitchen renovation, so it's not a huge uh, price uh, on it. It was a $95,000 building permit. Yeah, so. that's pretty new restaurant. Been yeah. there, but already doing some remodeling. Well, that's all today for Grow Lincoln. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks a lot. Send us an announcement about your business opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm.